Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 71 of Joe's Tango Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Yang. Thank you for listening. And as always, I'd like to welcome all you new listeners out there. My guests today are Damian Lobato and Sarah Chung. They are currently based in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, where they teach a number of classes and host events every week. Sarah is known for her expressive musicality and is very much about having her students establish a strong foundation in basic technique. Damien was born and raised in Argentina and started dancing back in 1991. A former dentist, he decided to pursue tango full-time in 2000. Since then, he has taught and performed in multiple countries. And with me now are Damien Lobato and Sarah Chung. Damien, Sarah, thank you both so much for taking the time to be on the podcast. It's great to have you here. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for having us on the show. Thank you for calling, Joe. Yeah. Okay, so could you take us back maybe to the beginning of your respective tango journeys? So I'll start with Sarah, because, you know, ladies first. <laughs> so Sarah, oh, okay. how did how did you fall in love with tango? I think it was kind of gradual, and I didn't, didn't really know it was happening. <laughs> I started taking classes with my sister and our roommate. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, the classes were happening blocked down from where we lived mm-hmm. and my sister said one day hey let's take a tango class and i was like oh that's random okay sure <laughs> so that's how i got started and then um i was taking classes and in addition to the dance i think what really drew me was the social aspect of it too mm. that you like belong to a community and and that was part of the the allure i guess now, Damien, you started back in the 90s, right? So how, how did you fall in love with tango? I started dancing in, like, taking the first classes in 1992. Mm-hmm. But before that, I used to listen to tango quite a lot. Mm-hmm. So tango was kind of around always. Mm-hmm. But the first time I think I really pay attention to, to the music and I, started, and I say I liked it was, I was probably 18. Mm-hmm. Um, it was when I heard the first time uh, Roberto Goyeneche singing. Mm. And that's the first time I said, I like this. Um, and I started dancing like probably three, four years after that. Nice. What, what did your friends and family think when you told them, hey, I'm starting tango lessons? Uh, my parents definitely liked it. Mm-hmm. My friends probably thought it was, I don't know, something different. Mm-hmm. But everybody was supported and happy, you know? Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, so Sarah, did that first tango lesson come easily to you? I don't remember it being difficult. Uh, <laughs> I it's kind of a vague memory of my first classes, mm-hmm. uh, but I do. But I do remember. I think I was probably just kind of observing things at that point. Mm-hmm. Didn't because I had no idea really what tango was about mm-hmm. at that time. Uh, it was very random for me to start taking those classes. Mm. So I was just kind of going along with it. And then, you know, hey, you want to sign up for the next, you know, for the session? Okay. <laughs> so I kind of went along with it. And then I guess before I knew it, I was heavily into, like heavily involved mm-hmm. in classes and helping out with the classes and just really throwing myself into it. Nice. Addicted. Yeah. That, I mean, that's what tango does, right? <laughs> What it does to you, like yeah. kind of the different aspects of it coming together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you, Damien? How was your first tango lesson? 
I don't remember exactly the first, the very first one, mm -hmm. uh, but I remember the the first time that I I started dancing mm -hmm. or taking classes. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was easy or, or difficult or no, but uh, I remember being very excited, you know. But I don't remember more than that. Okay. <laughs> but I was very excited for sure, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, Damien, how did you become a teacher? Can you describe that journey? Well, I had a another job before before teaching mm -hmm. and I didn't like it and the only thing I knew how to do mm -hmm. was to dance tango so it was teaching tango or or nothing you know or mm -hmm. I don't know what I started teaching and like slowly and I don't know one thing led to the other one and and I ended up being a full-time job you know yeah it was an easy at the beginning but mm -hmm. but it was a process you know now you were you used to be a dentist if I read your bio correctly. Correct. Wow. So the the switch from dentistry to the tango, what was what was it like to make that kind of a decision? It was to some extent difficult. Mm -hmm. You had to change like careers and throw away everything that I did before, you know, mm -hmm. that ended up nothing. So uh, it wasn't easy, you know, but mm -hmm. I always say my patients encourage me to teach tango. Yeah. That's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it wasn't easy. That's all I can say. Okay. And a long, long process. Yeah. yeah. Before I say, okay, I'm a, I'm a teacher. How about you, Sarah? How did you take the leap into teaching? When I started dancing tango, I was in the second year of my grad graduate school. Mm -hmm. And then I started dancing. And I guess I suddenly discovered uh, how fun things can be yeah. <laughs> so compared to you know working in the lab the things that i was doing which i thought was fun at the time mm -hmm. and then i started dancing and i discovered a whole new level you know mm -hmm. so eventually i i got to the point where i couldn't work there anymore <laughs> and i couldn't get myself to keep doing it you know and i couldn't see myself doing that for the rest of my life mm -hmm. because i was i just uh, was enjoying dancing so much mm -hmm. So I quit and then I guess it took me because I was already helping out uh, and teaching Damien's classes with him mm -hmm. at the time mm -hmm. when I quit. Uh, so I was, you know, I was really heavily involved. And so when I quit, I didn't really start anything official right away in mm -hmm. terms of tango. But mm -hmm. at, after a couple of years, I think after kind of experimenting a little bit, I started teaching my own class, like a beginner's class. Mm -hmm. And I started doing that on my own just to see, to challenge myself to be independent as a teacher. Mm -hmm. And then after a while, Damian and me, and we started teaching together. Excellent. Nice. Yeah. So, so Sarah, how, did your friends and family, how, how did they react to you uh, wanting to, to teach tango? My family, I guess they were, they couldn't understand why I dropped out of grad school. Mm -hmm. But that was not a surprise. Uh, and I think still to this day, my dad asks me when I'm going to get a different job. Oh. <laughs> On a different husband. Sometimes. No, that's not true. <laughs> he likes Damien a lot. Dad uh, likes Damien a lot. That's nice. But uh, yeah, I like him too. for many years, they, I think they were kind of patiently waiting to see if this was a phase. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I, I commend them, actually. I kind mm -hmm. of respect them for not being more pushy and, and judgmental about it, at least 
to me mm. outwardly. Okay. Right. Could have been a lot worse. Yeah. So, uh, Sarah, what was your first time dancing in, in Buenos Aires like? I think I went to Buenos Aires maybe four years after I started dancing mm-hmm. for the first time. And I went by myself and I was, you know, it was really exciting my first time mm-hmm. being alone. And I think I had a little bit of Spanish, but not that much. Okay. Uh, just enough to get by. Mm-hmm. And I think my first milonga was in Visha Malcolm and I... That night, I saw Carlitos and Noelia performing, so it was extremely exciting for me. (laughs) So it was a really great uh, introduction to Buenos Aires. And Mm -hmm. I think I danced with, I remember dancing with a lot of foreigners that that first time that I went, because it was Mm -hmm. just easier, I guess. uh, I guess foreigners, you know, they're there to to dance. Mm -hmm. They come to do that special trip to Buenos Aires, and so they're a bit more open to dancing with people they don't know uh-huh. so i guess that's that's how that happened okay but yeah it was really exciting and because i was alone there it was easier to kind of put myself out there mm-hmm. and be open okay damien what was your very first time dancing at a malanga like tell you the truth i don't remember <laughs> <laughs> sorry i don't remember my thing <laughs> how about you sarah how, what was your first time at a malanga like my first, very first time yeah I, well I remember my first milonga, actually. Mm-hmm. I went to a Halloween milonga oh. at the University of Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I, I think I had been dancing in like a month at that time. Mm-hmm. And so I went with my, 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 my twin sister and mm-hmm. my roommate, one of my roommates that we had taken classes together. Mm-hmm. And we went together. We even brought another roommate that hadn't taken any classes we just like told her just come it'll be fun <laughs> and i had no idea what it was going to be like mm-hmm. we went we sat at a table and uh we didn't dance okay. <laughs> i think the our, i think one of my roommates danced once and we were watching her and we're like oh my god how'd you do it <laughs> you know <laughs> how did it feel how did you know what to do mm-hmm. <laughs> but i didn't dance that first milonga mm-hmm. i remember there are people dressed in costume because it was a halloween milonga yeah like the guy that my roommate dance with was wearing like a, a cape okay. or something. That was me. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I didn't dance my first name. Mm. That's what I. Okay. Yeah. So I want to change gears a little bit to um, turning points in our learning. So uh, Damien, what is some memorable advice uh, that you've gotten over the years that, that really helped improve your dancing? I think one of the things I can remember now, it's mm-hmm. um, and it was kind of a turning point for me when I learned the, the structure of the dance mm-hmm. uh, and to understand how things work and why. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, very helpful to, to, to expand what I was already doing mm-hmm. um, and to understand also how it works and why that mm-hmm. helps me to to decide to start teaching, which before I couldn't because I didn't have any like an overview, you know what I mean? So yeah. when I understand when I understood the, the, the structure of the dance mm-hmm. and its relationship with the technique and the music mm-hmm. and how the three things uh, blend together, mm-hmm. uh, that was like a like a turning point and, and that's when I say, well I can probably start teaching now. Mm-hmm. 
Well, for me, I guess for everybody, mm-hmm. Tango mm-hmm. is filled with those aha moments mm-hmm. throughout your whole career. And I guess they become less frequent, but they still happen. Yeah. As we yeah. keep teaching and performing and doing things like that. Mm-hmm. But um, one thing that stuck with me, I guess, is I mean, there's so many things, but if I had to pick out one thing, mm-hmm. I would say that's not like, you know, technique oriented. I would say I naturally the way the way that I learned, the way that I like to learn is reflect a lot and think and visualize and analyze. I do a lot of thinking and <laughs> trying things out with my body. Mm-hmm. One time I was practicing with Damian mm-hmm. like some years like a few years ago and he said, just don't think so much, just do it. <laughs> <laughs> The way that I learn, I, I like to think too much sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it can be a strength, but it can also be a weakness. Yeah. So that kind of, I realized that he's right. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just have to do it <laughs> many times <laughs> and try different things as you're doing it, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that helped. I think that was important for me okay. personally. Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so in terms of, of your both of your dancing styles, you know, since... You know, you started years ago learning to dance. You know, we kind of were just trying to figure things out. And then we get more and more comfortable with, with our dancing. So what are some ways in which you notice your, your dancing styles changing throughout the years? Uh, specifically, uh, I think I dance every time slower. Mm-hmm. The older I get, the slower I am. <laughs> um, and that's a good thing, mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. or I hope. That's something that it has been gradually changing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We never like plan what to do next. You know, you just go and dance and see what happen mm. to you at some point of your life. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and that's gradually probably changing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but we never. It's not never a conscious decision. You know, whatever happens, it happens. You know. Yeah. I don't know how it has evolved really, but. Um, mm-hmm it's still continuing to develop mm-hmm. whatever the style is. I think like between the two of us, because we, I think we started really dancing together maybe five years ago. Mm-hmm. So in that period of time, I think that I don't know if we've reached, you know, the full potential yet as mm-hmm. a couple mm-hmm. and in, in terms of like setting a style. Mm-hmm. I think that it's still like very much in development. So, you know, we're already, we're always trying new things and taking something that we liked and trying to extend on it and incorporate it. I don't know if there's something specific in terms of style change that I can say. I did slow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess I just, we work on trying to be expressive with mm-hmm. our bodies and expressive uh, interpreting the music. Mm-hmm. What was your first time dancing with Damien like? Okay, I guess I don't know if I remember the exact first time, okay. but I do remember in the beginning when I mm-hmm. was still relatively newbie <laughs> and he was, you know, kind enough to, you know, mm-hmm. dance with me. Mm-hmm. I like it. Was, I'm more than kind, I like it. <laughs> it was, you know, it was so amazing. That's mm-hmm. what I was thinking in the beginning. So mm-hmm. amazing. I don't know. He, I think back at, at that time, he, I remember that he did even then dance slower mm-hmm. and very thoughtfully mm-hmm. and he made the dance so 
uh, smooth and effortless. So you know how that can be. <laughs> <laughs> so Damien, cool. how about so from your point of view, Damien, you you give Sarah a sale, you go to the dance floor. What 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 was your first dance with her like? Again, I don't remember the very first time, mm-hmm. but definitely I always enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoyed it every time more. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. We danced last night and mm-hmm. or two nights ago and and it was very fun. Yeah, nice. Yeah, that's right. You had a milonga last night, right? We did, yes. Yeah, how'd it go? I went great. Mm-hmm. Very nice and friendly atmosphere. Nice. Yeah, we have a nice like intimate space and mm-hmm. I think that helps to draw people out mm-hmm. and create a warm atmosphere. Right. There was a nice mix of people last night. So that so that's a milonga. Is it geared more towards beginners? Uh, we yes, I would say yes. The milonga yes, towards beginners. Mm-hmm. We try to encourage beginners to come to this milonga mm-hmm. and tell them that. I mean, also because people are really friendly at the milonga, so yeah. they there's no reason for them to be intimidated, other than mm-hmm. <laughs> the usual reasons to be intimidated at their first milonga. Yeah. You know, people are pretty open, and mm-hmm. if we see new people, we try to. They, I mean, we don't even do it, but like our regulars, they often introduce themselves to the new people yeah. and welcome them. So it's nice. That's nice. Yeah, I was gonna. That kind of seg. That's a nice segue into the into um, the next topic I wanted to bring up, which is, well, what are some other strategies that you both like to use to to encourage experienced dancers to to help our beginners? I don't know if we do anything in particular mm-hmm. to encourage experienced dancers um, uh, beginners. to talk to beginners. I think that in general, uh, other than, you know, welcoming them into the community, mm-hmm. uh, I know that one thing that influences beginners a lot is what they see on the dance floor, mm-hmm. you know? If they see something that they really like on the dance floor, it encourages them to keep coming and gives them motivation to, to mm-hmm. learn and and to keep going with it. Uh, I think at, in the beginning, it's always hard for new people, especially mm-hmm. maybe more for the guys, because I, I think I hear more from the guys that they're very nervous mm-hmm. about getting on the dance floor in the beginning. Yeah, freak out. Right, they kind of freak out. Yeah, we have some people who, like, some people who refuse to come to the milonga in the beginning, and right. then some people who come and they refuse to dance for a while. <laughs> So, give me, give me names. <laughs> no, I don't want to expose them. They might be like they, they might be listening. <laughs> I, I think it's just it's just a natural part of the process, mm-hmm. and you just have to keep encouraging them to come and to show them something simple they can do on the dance floor, and say, "Hey, you can do this," <laughs> you know, yeah. and say, "Nobody's gonna judge you or anything like that." It's just they know that you're new, mm-hmm. so whatever happens, happens. Doesn't matter. It's part of the process. Yeah. So over the years, what have you both learned from your own students? I think we have learned how to how to teach. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, definitely. You know, every student is different and different challenges, and and we learn how to how how to teach. I guess you know. We learn how to teach and how to adapt mm-hmm. ourselves mm-hmm. to the different kinds of students and how they learn differently and what kind of person they are, mm-hmm. how they take things and to be patient. I think that's a big thing. It's mm-hmm. very important as a teacher to be patient 
uh, at the same time, you try to be, try to see what they need and what they can do mm-hmm. and try to be effective as a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about the evolution of, of dancing styles. I want to, I want to talk a little bit about your, your teaching style. So when you, when you work together, what, what are some personality differences that you have that you kind of use to complement each other to, to help teach? I think uh, we get along very well teaching. Mm-hmm. We have fun. I don't know the students, but we have fun. <laughs> <laughs> no. I really enjoy teaching with Sarah. Yeah. Uh, it, we complement somehow each other very well. Mm-hmm. We, I think all the time, we, every time we get better at teaching with each other, mm-hmm. like playing off of each other. And, you know, s- sometimes I can be a little bit too demanding sometimes as a teacher. Mm-hmm without thinking of enough of the student. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes Damian will remind me, you know, <laughs> you know hey, they're just here to have fun mm-hmm. and learning tango. So, mm-hmm. so like we complement each other that way that um, I guess our personalities do show up when we teach. Like I can be a little more, more methodical and I like to plan more. Mm-hmm. And I sometimes get, I get really ex- into wanting the student to learn something. Mm-hmm. And then I guess Damian is always there to bounce me, <laughs> <laughs> to keep me in check. And mm-hmm. but you know, over the years, I've we've kind of uh, learned from each other, I think, and mm-hmm. learned to play to our strengths and also improve on our weaknesses as teachers. Okay, so Damian, what are what are some steps that you really love leading Sarah into dancing? Steps. Mm-hmm. Um, Everything. Uh, any, <laughs> any, any, anything. I like boxing, like how she interprets the poses. So mm-hmm. I like, I like, like taking poses and, and enjoying that and easing into the next thing, you know, and that transition, it's a lot of pleasure for me. Mm-hmm. The transition between the pose and easing into the next phrase, like I enjoy a lot. Yeah, pausing, that's really important. I think a lot of people like to move, 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 but the, the pausing is really... Not good. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How about you, sir? What, what are some particular steps that you love to uh, love being led into by, by Damien? That's a good question. He does so many things yeah. when we dance that I really enjoy mm-hmm. that it's hard for me to... You know, it's, I find him very, as a, as a leader, very unique. Mm. And I'm always trying to figure out how he does it, <laughs> like <laughs> how he gets that. Um, but he really knows how to, like the musicality is so inherent mm. in his leading mm-hmm. and it brings it out in my dancing. And that's something that I, not only the musicality, but I guess he makes me dance, you know, he makes me move my body. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's something that, you know, I can kind of do on my own when I dance with most people, mm-hmm. but to dance with someone who really brings it out in you mm-hmm. is, is hard to find, I think. Yeah. Uh, makes you want to dance. It makes you move. It mm-hmm. makes you, um, his musicality is very strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of musicality, cause that's such an important element of, of tango and like we said before it's not good to just be constantly moving so just on a, on a more technical level how do you introduce the uh, concept of of interpreting music to say beginner students 
to beginners, mm -hmm. you can't really go too fast. You mm -hmm. have to first introduce them to the music. So usually in the first few handful of classes, we talk mostly about rhythm, mm -hmm. you know, single time, walking on the beat, hearing the beat, mm -hmm. then maybe double time, mm -hmm. half time, mixing it up. And that's mostly what we do until they get a little further along. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's kind of the intro into the musicality. Right. And then after that, of course, you talk about phrasing and mm -hmm. where to hear the beginning and the, and the end of the phrase. That, that's later on, you know. Yeah. The beginners, uh, it's a little bit early for them mm -hmm. because they have so many things to think about, right. you know. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they're, you don't want to overwhelm them. So mm -hmm. we usually end up in the beginner classes talking about, mostly about rhythm, single time, double time, half time, that kind yeah. of thing, how to hear it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because there's so many layers to that to that topic you can just go on and on with it yeah, yeah definitely yeah and also interpret the, the the character of the song the character of each mm -hmm. phrase you know and, mm -hmm. and to see how what kind of movements kind of match the the character of of the song or or or, the, or each phrase in particular you know or, or each part of the song mm -hmm. you know it's a little bit more complex but the beginning as sarah said a rhythm you know yeah yeah, so what was your very first performance like together? I don't think we remember, Joe. Again, <laughs> well, I think what we, I, you, you I, might I think, actually remember. You might think that we, we have some problem here, but <laughs> I, I'm sure I enjoyed it very much. For me, I remember being extremely nervous. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was my first performance. I okay. Think, it wasn't Damien's first performance. He had okay. been dancing a while since then. Mm -hmm. Or so then. But it was my first performance, and uh, yeah, the nerves definitely affected me. <laughs> Even though it was right in front of people that we knew or students, you know. Even worse. <laughs> maybe yeah, maybe that's worse. <laughs> <laughs> but since then, we've been uh, performing a lot, especially the past couple years, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's definitely helped to um, develop our dancing as a couple. Mm -hmm. To be challenged. To be challenged, you know. Yeah. To keep learning, yeah. So performance—that's definitely a great way to uh, to help to help challenge yourself to to grow. What are some other things that you both do to to keep challenging yourselves? We practice at home, mm -hmm. and we are always working into something. Mm -hmm. And then we take that something that we are into mm -hmm. into to the milonga. So. We, when we practice here, even if it works here at our studio, it still is half-baked yeah. until we go to the milongas and start owning what you're, whatever you're into. Mm -hmm. So we go to the milongas and we, and we keep working on the same thing at the, at the milonga. Ah. Um, and then after the milonga, we, we try it in performances, if, okay. if we do at all. But, but the milonga is the... It's like our the, testing the, the, the goal, you know, to yeah. dance well in the milonga is our goal. But before that, there is a process of uh, practicing and thinking at, at home, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so there always seems to be something new to learn when, when it comes to tangos. Even though you both had so much experience performing and teaching, uh, is there anything new? Maybe not, perhaps, maybe not necessarily a new step, but maybe perhaps a new concept or a way of thinking that you've come across over the last few months or years. I think like we could, because we've been performing a lot the last couple of years, mm -hmm. that's really helping us to 
incorporate new things and polish things up. Mm-hmm. But something that we're always working on is how to interpret the music well mm-hmm. in terms of, for, for example, the pacing. Mm-hmm. Like when we dance a song, how do we pace the song? Yeah. And also how do we communicate that? Mm-hmm. Like in the milongas, we're communicating it to each other. Mm-hmm. But then when we're dancing in a performance, how do we communicate that more externally? You know, dancing a little bit more extroverted so that, mm-hmm. you know, the people who are there to watch you, they they know what you're feeling between the two of you. Mm-hmm. Instead of just dancing, you know, when you're performing, you're not just dancing for the two of you anymore. Yeah. It's yeah. you're dancing for the two of you and then try to convey that to whoever's there. Mm. So that's kind of the challenge that like those two things, I think, are two major things that we've been working on mm-hmm. is how to interpret the music and pace it well mm-hmm. and, and how to express it. What about you? Uh, no, we're working the same thing, you know, it's just musical interpretation and, mm-hmm. and... Yeah, because, you know, in the milonga, you have... When you go to a milonga, you have all night to take it slow and ease into things. And maybe by the end of the night, you feel like things are flowing mm-hmm. and something good happens. <laughs> but... Then when you go to a performance and you only have like a few chances to show that, mm-hmm. you know, to get it right on the first try. Mm-hmm. I think that's a challenge and that's um, something that has helped us to dance better in the milongas. Mm-hmm. All right. So both of you have, you've traveled to different places to teach together, to, to workshops and, and so forth. So uh, whenever you, you, know, you visited many different communities, just in your own uh, opinions, just in your own observations, what are some uh, qualities of, of really good communities that you, that you see? Definitely, uh, if, if there is a better level of dancing, that means that the community is more developed, you know? The, mm-hmm. the better they dance, the more developed. Mm-hmm. And diversity in terms of their places that there are more milongas mm-hmm. than others. Yeah. That's a, that's a good thing. And the more teachers, the more milongas, is the better, you know, for, for the students to have options. Mm-hmm. Um, and different 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 types of milongas, you know, for you know, milongas are are different, you know, some are for Younger people, also young, some right. different music, you know, so a variety and options is always, mm-hmm. uh, it's always a good thing, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's, I think that's, you can call that a, a developed community, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm. That's what I think, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. yeah. I would agree. Yeah. Sarah agrees. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. So what are some future projects you're working on? We we would like to travel more and teach traveling more. Mm-hmm. So that's something that we look forward to doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to keep keep performing so that we keep pushing ourselves. Yeah. Okay. So where do we find out more about you online? Our website is damianandsaratango.com. Okay. And all the information about what we do is there. Mm-hmm whether it's traveling or staying here in Philly and teaching classes and events. Mm-hmm. So, damianandsaratango.com. Okay, great. 
And I'll have that information in our show notes so people will be able to, to look you up and find out more about you. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Joe. Yeah. Well, thank you both so much again for taking the time. I know you uh, had a belonga last night. You might still be recovering from that. Uh, those are really fun <laughs> events, but they do take a lot of energy. Um, yeah, I really appreciate your time and hope to meet you both in person. Actually, Damien, I think I might have met you briefly once at a Probably. tango festival. Yeah, but it'd be great to meet Think you. we dance once. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, hope you both have a great day and yeah, hopefully our paths will cross in, in person sometime great. soon. That yeah. would be great. Thank you for calling, Joe. It's a pleasure. Joe. Thank you. Okay, that was Sarah and Damien out in Philadelphia. You know, it's always fascinating to hear about how people became enamored with tango. Sometimes it's very sudden, but in the case of these two, the process was more gradual. For Sarah, in the beginning, she was interested in tango enough to keep taking more lessons, and eventually she got to the point where she left grad school to pursue it further. And something similar happened with Damien. His interest in tango just kept building little by little, until one day he found himself completely changing careers. He was a full-time dentist, and now he's a full-time tango dancer. Wow. Big life choices, but they're making it work, and they have a lot of happy students. Another thing that caught my attention was when we got on the topic of improving. Sarah mentioned that she likes to be very self-reflective and analytical about her dancing. That has helped her in the past. Then there came a point when she realized she was thinking a little too much, and Damien helped her to let go a little more, to let go and just move and just flow with, with the dancing. And I think most of us listening can relate to that. And the broader point here is that we develop certain strategies based on our personalities when it comes to improving our dancing, and that's good. But we need to be careful because sometimes those strategies can eventually start working against us. And when they do, we know our tango mindset needs to evolve a little bit. And that's true for other areas in life too. So thank you again, Sarah and Damien, for sharing your thoughts and for your time. All right, that's it for today. Thanks to all you listeners for tuning in. I really appreciate your support. And if you're enjoying the show, please take a second to visit iTunes, SoundCloud, or whichever podcasting platform you're using. Hit the subscribe button, leave a five-star rating. That helps a lot. Okay, that's it for today. You've been listening to Joe's Tango Podcast. New episodes every Monday. I'm Joe Yang, and I'll talk to you again soon. 